If you brought your Bibles, actually, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 tonight, but we want to turn to Psalms 133. We're going to use that as a springboard to talk about what we're going to talk about in Ephesians chapter 4. Amen. So turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 133. Let's pray before we even jump into the message. Lord, we thank you, O God, for your grace, your mercy, your love. Lord, we ask, O God, that you would forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Need the gift of teaching. Need your Holy Spirit to saturate this place by your sweet spirit. You're already here, Lord. We thank you, O God, that we stand in Christ, that we move. It is in you that we move and have our being. Lord, we thank you, O God, for the Holy Spirit. We ask, O God, that you minister to each man, young man, boy, those in Christ, the mighty men of valor, those who have signed up in the army of the Lord. We ask, O God, that you equip us with your word that we may go out into the mission field that you called us into, Lord, that you assigned us to, O God, that we may be bold to stand in the gap for those who are in darkness, to stand in the gap for those who are cowards, for stand in the gap for those who do not even know the way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. We ask, O God, that you give us power to preach, power to teach. We pray, O God, that you convict Convert, change all for Jesus Christ, for your glory. We thank you, O God, that your Holy Spirit, he has power. We pray, O God, for the overflowing of your Holy Spirit, O God, that you give us all what we need right at this hour. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word, which is a healer. We thank you, O God, that it's it's a two-edged sword. It cuts, but it also heals, O God. It cultivates, Lord. It prunes, O God, but it blesses. We thank you, O God, for your grace and your mercy. Bless our senior pastor. Bless every man of God, every church opening your name, preaching your word, teaching your word. That they, be, that they not compromise your word, but say with us at the Lord, in Jesus' name. Give us a word in season right now, in Jesus' name. Bless Pastor Darrell on tomorrow, Lord. Bless him on tonight. Give him power. Give him strength. Give him what he needs. Give, a, give the church what they need. Every sinner, every saint, every ain't. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalms 133. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. Tonight I want to talk about unity in love. Unity in love. In this scripture, in this psalm, we see that that unity, brother... Unity in the brotherhood that, that, that's shared amongst the brethren is like the precious ointment, the anointing oil that points to one thing and one thing only, the Holy Spirit. Why is that? When, when, when the high priest would get anointed, it ran down from his head, top of his head, down to the sole of his feet, and it touched and saturated every part of his garment. Why is that important? It is important because it is through the ministry of the high priest 
with the help of the Holy Spirit that made it possible who Jesus Christ is our high priest. It was also the Holy Spirit that resurrected Christ from the dead. As a matter of fact, those who are in Christ, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason why it's important, look at what what happens. It says, it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. The dew of Hermon is an elevated mountain. And so when it when the when the snow caps would melt, it, it it would saturate fog and dew, and 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 as the snow snow caps would melt, the water would flow downhill into to the mountain of Zion, right below it. What is that a picture of? From from heaven to earth, Christians, believers in Christ, we should be unified. Not only should we be unified. But our unity should be saturated all over our lives. Meaning, God don't want us to just come to church to act like church members or goers. He wants us to live as men with integrity inside and outside the church walls. But we only can accomplish that by being filled with the Holy Spirit by being born again. Amen. Let's, let's go into Ephesians. Let's jump into the text. That's the springboard. The springboard is unity. Unity. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, know this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastor and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer. Be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunningness, craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joint 
and knit together by whatever joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's where we got the title from, Unity in Love. Paul, he writes, he says that he's a prisoner of the Lord and he's begging the believers to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Meaning we ought to walk how Jesus wants us to walk. In love and in unity. Unity looks like this. We say the same things. We look the same. We speak the same. We praise the same. We give God our all in all the same way. What does that mean? We are to live for Christ in such a way that we die to self that he may gain in our lives. The reason why John the Baptist says, I, he says, he increased that I may decrease is because he puts Christ at the forefront of his life. How about us, brothers? Are we, are we the forerunners for Christ? Are we the trailblazers of the gospel? If we're not, we should. I suggest the reason why we're not the trailblazers or the forerunners that sets the tone or the speed. Because you do know when you run track, you know, the relay race, we need we need someone to, to get out there and get to run it. But throughout time and throughout the generations of Christians who have been martyred, who have come and go, they have passed the baton to our generation. We have the baton. What are we doing to set up the next runners behind us to be able to hand off effectively the baton that has been given? I suggest to us there's only one way to be unified in God, to be unified in his word, to be unified in the work, to be unified in our walk. We have to walk it out. You know, they had a secular song. I can't remember who it was, but it went something like this. Walk it out. Walk it out. East side, walk it out. West side, walk it out. North side, walk it out. South side, walk it out. It was a, it was a popular hit song. And I think that speaks today. No matter what direction that the Lord sends us, we need to walk out our faith. Some of us, God will send somewhere else. Some of us will move from this church, local body, to another local body. Some of us, God will call to be pastors. Wherever God leads us, we need to walk out our faith. So Paul, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You do know that God has called each and every one of us to an assigned ministry. Everybody say amen. amen. May not get no more amen, so I'll get it right now. 
God has assigned each and every one of us tailor-made a ministry that he wants you to walk worthy of and in as a prisoner of the Lord. Meaning, we ought to surrender our will to God's will. What does that look like? Let's make it practical. That means sometime when the, when the no, not sometime, all the time, thank you, Holy Ghost, when the Lord wakes you up at three in the morning and you don't want to read your Bible, get your butt up and read your Bible. As a matter of fact, God has a sense of humor. For the past a few months, the Lord's been waking me up at three in the morning. And guess what I've been doing? Reading the Bible. It's an intimate time that I have away from my children, away from my wife, away from the world, away from distraction. And I can start my day with me and the Lord. I thank God that the Holy Spirit, is, he's waking me up. I thank God he's giving me the strength. I thank God he's giving me the will. It has not, I'm going to be honest, brother. It has not always been that way. If you would have told me back in the day, get up at three in the morning, read the Bible, man, you crazy. I'm going to sleep, hugging these sheets, and getting some more Z's. But as we mature in God and as we see that our, the calling that God has given each and every one of us is equally important to him. We cannot waste time. I thank God. He's matured me in this, this area of my life. And I'm praying that if you're not mature in this area, that I show grace to you, but that God would urge you, push you, nudge you, encourage you to start walking in the ministry that God has called you. It's, 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 it's not enough just to come to church Read our Bibles, pray, praise the Lord, and we leave out the sanctuary and we're not actively walking in our mission field. We're not fulfilling God's will in our life. Amen. Let me keep going. Verse 2. It says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In all lowliness, in all lowliness, that speaks of humility. Humility. Some of us have, hopefully not, some of us may have some hidden agendas. We want to do it our way, all the way instead of the Lord's way. If that is you, you need to repent. What does that look like? Some of us would rather watch the Super Bowl than come to church on Sunday. We should, we should not be caught up in what the world's uh, agenda is and schedule. We should be Walking and be in line with what the Lord, where he's leading us, where he's guiding us. Paul says in lowliness. Now, if you guys can remember or recall before coming to Christ, we all had a cocky attitude. Self-centered attitude. When we come to Christ... When we have repented of 
of our sin and receive the free gift of salvation. We take up our cross, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. That is when we have voluntarily humbled ourselves before the Lord. Because we know that he's Lord, he's in charge, and we need to follow him and not our own agenda. So with the unity, it comes with lowliness and gentleness. We need to be gentle. We need to have an attitude that submits to God's dealing without rebellion. Let me say that one more time. We need to have an attitude that submits to God without rebelling. Let's make it practical. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 tells us exactly what to do. It says, abstain from the very appearance of evil. So if we're looking at TikTok, beautiful young ladies on TikTok, you need to get off of TikTok. Because it can lead you, no, not could, it will lead you into lusting after women, committing adultery. I'm just using that as an example. We need to live a life that is tailor-made, is exemplified, or is replicated, or mirrors Christ. He was lowly and gentle. He bent his will to the Father's will even in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweated great drops of blood. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. I know it's hard sometimes to read the the book of Numbers. You got to get through it. Because it's something that God wants us to learn on every page of Scripture and in every book. Everything points to him. Amen. Not only are we to be gentle, but it says we ought to have patience or long-suffering. We ought to suffer long. We ought to be patient. We ought to endure we ought to not be so quick to throw in the towel. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I had a, I, I struggled most of my life with procrastination. Am I the only one? It only, it's only the Lord that gives me the strength to not procrastinate. Otherwise, if I walk in my flesh, I'm procrastinating. I'm going to put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. God wants more out of us all. Amen. It says, bearing one another, bearing with one another in love. Now, that looks like something like this. We ought to have love to those who irritate us. Anybody got some brothers? Anybody got some siblings? You guys remember, uh, you know, when mama wasn't around, they'd get on your last nerve, irritating you? Well, we as Christians in God, believers, we shouldn't be getting so easily irritated by others. We ought to bear them in love. How about folk who disturb you? You know, 
get in your space. You know, some people that always seem like they nagging you. We well, ought to pray about it. Notice I said we, right? I didn't say you. <laughs> I said we all got to pray about it. Lord, help us to bear them in love. How about folk that embarrass you? Have y'all ever got upset about some people who embarrass you? Maybe your children, you know, they're cutting up. Sometimes we got we to gotta bear before we strike the behind. We got to bear the love, bear them in love. Why? Because we have to be patient with those who are immature or not, who needs the Lord to help mature them uh, on another level. Let's keep going. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The purpose for the unity is for the peace to, to, to keep it, keep us all unified in peace by the spirit, to walk in the spirit. We can't do it uh, in our flesh. We need the Holy Spirit to give us the strength to what? Promote, preach and practice in the spirit of God, the unity of the spirit. That doesn't mean that we can't disagree with one another, you know, when it comes to our opinions. But we, we should not be disagreeing when it comes to the standard of God's word. The truth is the truth, no matter what. It's not about denomination. It's not about, uh, uh, I used to go to a Baptist church, Methodist, Pentecostal. Is what the word say. Is it in the word? Does the Bible teach that you got to speak in tongues to be saved? No, it does not teach that. So we don't believe that. But does the Bible teach that speaking in tongues is a gift? Yes, we believe that. Does the Bible teach that we all have to speak in tongues? No, it doesn't teach that. So what I'm saying is, Paul, he encouraged the believers to be unified in the truth of God's word through the Holy Spirit. He says, notice what he says. There is one body, one spirit. Notice how many times he says one, 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 one. Because he wants us to be one, 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 one. Like he, it's like he's driving home the point. If you missed it, one, 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 one. If you missed the one, he notice he said one, right? If we were to change the word and put an S in front of it, it would say some. He didn't say some. He said one. My spelling might be off, but y'all get the point. <laughs> I think about that. <laughs> now we can get back on unity. Okay. He says there is one body, one body. In spite the differences of our so-called race, color, nationality, culture, language, temperament, it's only one body in Christ, one. What does that mean? All of our identity is in Christ. Whatever your last name is, whatever my last name is, it does not matter in Christ. 
The common denominator is that we're in Christ. You say, well, you know, I grew up this way and I suffered this when I was a child. Guess what? You're in Christ. Which means we're all rich in Christ. If you once was poor, guess what? We all rich in Christ. If you lack love in your childhood, guess what? We are loved in Christ. Jesus Christ, he fulfills everything that we need. That's why he places us in him. Why does he place us in him? Good question. I'm glad you asked. I heard you. Christ places us in the body so that we may bear fruit. Much fruit. Not be barren. So when Jesus walks by, he sees leaves on the fig tree, but there ain't no figs on it. Jesus don't want us looking good. He want us walking good. Watching pornography ain't walking good. Anything contrary to God's word is not good. It's evil. It's bad. It's sin. It's against his will. It's not in line with his will. Whatever you want to call it, it ain't pleasing to God. If we're not doing what God calls us to do, so you say, well, how do I know what God calls me? You got to get in the word. We have to get in the word. And we have to constantly remind, be reminded of the word because I don't know about y'all, but I've, you know, if I ask you guys to introduce yourself to one another, I guarantee most of us can't remember 10 guys' names in two seconds. If everybody said their name at the same time, we wouldn't be able to remember it. We should be constantly reminded of what God wants from us because we are so forgetful. We're no different than the children of Israel. Think about it. God delivers them from Egypt. As soon as they get out of Egypt, they forget because Moses goes up on top of the mountain, comes down, and they party and have a good time, and they didn't even invite the Lord to the party. They were sinning. We're no different. The stories that are in the Bible that are true is, is for our learning. What's the principle of that? Never forget where God brought us from. Don't forget what God has done and wait on the Lord even when you don't see him around. He's always with us. And I like this. God wants us on our best behavior even when the preacher ain't around. Moses went up on top of the mountain. Aaron was still down there and they was cutting up. We need to live a life that's based on God's standard, not man's. We should not be trying to please man, not the pastor. I know sometimes we say, oh, we got a nice pastor. I get that. We all sinners, saved by grace. It's only one good shepherd, Jesus Christ. The only person we should impress is the Lord and the Lord himself. Let's keep moving along. One body, one spirit, the same Holy Spirit. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
I don't know if we're going to get through all this, but we're going to get through what the Lord tells us to get through. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Yep, I'm going to have to cut it short. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6. Verse 19. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We don't belong. God has taken ownership of us. Do we live a life as though he does own us? Good question. It says, just as you were called back in Ephesians, in one hope of your calling. Now, every member in the body of Christ is called to one destiny. Heaven. We're called to be one in Christ and to be with Christ and to live like him and to share in his glorious end. Meaning live out our lives throughout eternity with the Lord. That's our hope. To see the one that was pierced for us, that died that buried and that rose from the dead to see him face to face. Meaning when we see him, we're going to see him because he first loved us. Why did, why did he die for us? Because he loved us. He wants us to have a great report card. Not to be like the church of Laodicea, lukewarm. Some of us may be lukewarm. The shoe fit, wear it. Lace it up tight, wear it. God wants us to live a life pleasing to him. Now, we know what sins that we struggle with, right? Amen? Amen? The Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We already have the victory. All we need to do is keep reading the word, keep applying the word, keep praying, guess what God going to do? He going to deliver us from his word. Amen. Sorry, we can't keep going. We're going to have to continue this next week if the Lord say the same. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, O God, for your grace, your mercy, your love. You're calling us out of darkness. You called us already out of darkness into your marvelous light. Remind us, Lord, to walk in your light as you are in the light. When no one's around, when no one's looking, we pray, oh God, that you give us the strength to be men of integrity, godly men that love you, that worship you, that walk uprightly before you. 
every man, every boy who's struggling with sin, we ask, oh God, that you would give us strength by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, oh God. We rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus from, from having us think that we can, we're more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He would have us to think that we're less than, but our identity is in you. It's not in our pedigree. It's not how we were raised. It's not how much money we got in our bank account. It's all in Christ. We thank you, O oh God, for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for your mercy that, you, that is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Bless us now. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you. Amen.